I'm going to suspend, we're going to suspend our teaching, our extensive teaching on, on the Sermon on the Mount this morning and talk about something near and dear to the hearts of mothers everywhere. We're going to talk about children. I, uh, over the past year, God has really gotten a hold of my heart and, and he's, he's been trying to get through to me that, that children have a special place in his kingdom. And last January, I talked a little bit about that. I want to return to that because if you're like me, sometimes you need multiple reminders when God is trying to change your heart. And at least I hope there are some of you like me out there that could use a wake-up call in this area And when it comes to God's tremendous value for children and the value that they have in His kingdom. So we're going to hit that again today. Um, I'm just going to start, I'm, I'm, I'm short on time and want to honor your after-church Mother's Day plans. So I'm just going to start reading some passages. Normally I'd have you look it up in, in the Bible. And if you want to, that's fine, but I'm going to move pretty quick here um, into these. So I'm going to start with, with Proverbs 31. Again, we're talking today about the value that children have in the kingdom of God and in God's way of thinking and way of life. <clears throat> Proverbs 31, 8, 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Clear call to speak up for those without a voice. Now, Dr. Wes Stafford, who is an advocate for children, who wrote an amazing book called Too Small to Ignore. You should read Too Small to Ignore. It will change your life and change your kingdom thinking and your spiritual mindset, um, he says that children fit this category to a T. They cannot speak up for themselves. They don't have a voice. They are on the margins of society because they can do very little for themselves, and without adult intervention, they are essentially helpless. James one twenty seven. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans. So this is so important to God that he uses care for children as a measure of spirituality or religiosity for how spiritual a person is. It's not the Bible and Bible knowledge. It's not church attendance. It's not tithing. Not that there's anything wrong with those things. But the measure, one of the most important measures according to James is, do you care for orphans? Do you care about children? Let's look at one longer scripture that we checked out last January. Matthew 18, 1-6. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. He said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Because of this, therefore, whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck 
and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. God commands us very clearly in the book of Proverbs to speak up for those with no voice and do whatever we can to ensure they get a fair shot at life. He calls us very clearly in James to care for orphans. God has a soft spot for children and commands us to welcome them in Jesus' name. He even goes so far as to say that how we treat them is how we treat Jesus. You welcome them, you welcome me. You mess with them, you mess with me. Children are very close to the heart of God. And I would look at these scriptures and would say, we can't be followers of Jesus if we don't care for children. If we follow Jesus, we follow his way of life. And his way of life was caring and investing in children. It's just something that Jesus did. And so if we're a follower of Jesus, it's something we should be actively doing. Are you actively caring for the children that surround you? Do you care about children? And I think as a church, if we want to say that we are seeking to be obedient to God's lead and to follow His way of life, then as a church, we must care deeply for children. And I've been involved in, and even led conversations before about children's ministry that have ultimately just been about children, building a children's ministry that would reach the parents and fill the place up. Okay, I got to get past that. We got to get past that. And we have to care for children if we want to be followers of Jesus. They are close. They are at the center of God's heart and the center of his kingdom. So God wants you to love children actively, to invest in their development and to nurture their development. What does that mean for you? For followers of Jesus, then how can we be obedient to this very clear teaching from him? That's what I want to spend the rest of my time uh, talking about today. Uh, I want to talk about two kinds of, of children um, two categories, and, and I'll probably get done with one this morning and then have to save um, the second category for next week because I want to honor uh, Mother's Day plans and lunches and things like that and our wonderful children's workers over there. Um, so I'm going to start out talking about children that you will never see, children that you will likely never see because many of the children in this world who need help the most are in the third world and other countries and faraway places and we will never see them. And when we talk about uh, those kinds of children, I want to guard our hearts this morning against one of two emotional relief mechanisms that we typically delve into. When we talk about children who are far from us, who are living in poverty and misery, it is very easy to get overwhelmed and just kind of bury our heads. Ignore it because it's too hard to deal with. When we see the ads on TV, we change the channel because nobody wants to see a starved child with flies and things like that. It's too much. We change the channel. We ignore it. I want to ask you to guard your heart against that this morning. And the other response is that we say, well, there's plenty of children in our own area that need help. Well, you are absolutely right. And God bless you if you are choosing to do something about that. But for this morning, and I hope if you're using that as an excuse to not focus on 
the third world children that you are then focusing on those that we can see. But I would challenge you for the next few minutes to just guard your heart against going to one of those two relief mechanisms and, and deal with, with, with these stats. Do you know that more than 100 million children right now live on the streets? 100 million children. If I were to begin right now and read a list of every child, every child that lives on the streets in this world, I would start right now, read one name at a time, and finish three years from now. For three years straight, I would be reading names of children that live on the streets today. Children who have nobody to speak for them. Worldwide, one out of every two children live in poverty. Did you know that in Haiti, parents will usually not give a child a name until he or she reaches their fifth birthday because the likelihood of them making it that far is so slim, they just wait to give them a name until they're five. Did you know that in Haiti, if a child spills a glass of water, they will often believe that it spilled itself, not because they want to get out of the, the, the punishment, but because they don't believe that they even have enough control in life or influence in life to spill a glass of water. That's how hopeless the situation is for children in Haiti. And you remember the September 11th attacks where less than 3,000 people, nearly 3,000 people were killed in the planes and in the towers. And we were outraged by September 11th. And we talk about 9-11 on a regular basis because it so outraged us at the loss of innocent life. 3,000 people needlessly died that day. And we were outraged. UNICEF. The United Nations Children's Fund, they're advocates for children in poverty. They estimate that 33,000 children under the age of five die every single day from poverty-related causes, preventable disease and starvation, things like that. Try to get your arms around that. 33,000 children die from poverty-related causes every day. Now, we were outraged at 3,000 innocent lives on 9-11. I hope we as followers of Jesus can be outraged by this. The World Hunger Education Service estimates that there is enough food available for every human being to consume 2,500 calories a day. There is plenty of food on this earth to feed those children. It's just not being distributed right. Let's move closer to home with the 33,000 stat. Across the parking lot is our children's ministry. And if you were to take the children under the age of five, five and under, I have two kids that fit into that category myself. And you picture their smiling faces, their joy-filled eyes, their hopes, their dreams, their futures. One, two. UNICEF says that every second, 25 children in the world die of starvation or poverty-related illness. So in that amount of time, one, two, 
our entire children's ministry over there has a counterpart somewhere in the world that has died of poverty-related, completely preventable causes. Every child in our children's ministry has a counterpart that has died in just two seconds. There are 33,000 children who died because not enough Christians are responding to God's call to speak up for those with no voice, to care for children who are at the center of, of his kingdom. He has provided the earth with enough resources and we are not responding. So what can we do? I mean, those, those stats can, can you know, rip our hearts apart. What can we do about this? Well, all I can do is I, I can tell you what, what, what I have done, uh, what my family has done, um, and that is we have, we have partnered together uh, with, with something that, that God is already doing through an organization called Compassion International. Now, I have done some on-site investigating and quite a bit of research. I believe in compassion. I believe in their approach. This is what God is doing through Compassion. Compassion International is committed to finding local churches in these areas where so many children are dying who are, who are trying to reach, these local churches are trying to, to bring these children in, feed them, clothe them, give them medicine, and educate them. They're trying to release them from poverty. And Compassion, a $350 million organization, is partnering with those churches that are already doing this. And they're funding them, and they're giving them all the medicine and all the food that they can. And what's happening is, in these poverty-ridden villages, people are beginning to see the local church, not Compassion International, but the local church, as a place where the children have their needs met and are educated and are cared for. And entire families, entire neighborhoods are turning to these local churches. And I have seen with my own eyes in Ecuador where entire villages have been liberated from poverty in Jesus' name and hope is being born through what is happening. And I can get in on that. And as a follower of Jesus, I want in on that. Now what happens is compassion as they meet the needs of these children hook them up with a sponsor across the world. And for $38 a month, my wife and I sponsor a child that pays for all of her medicine, all of her food. And there is a notable documented um, process that begins to happen in the life of a child with a sponsor. The child knowing that there is a sponsor somewhere writing, they're corresponding through writing and praying for each other and encouraging each other and there is a noticeable exponential difference in the amount of hope and achievement that enters that child's world. When I was over in Ecuador, those children had pictures of their sponsor proudly displayed in the horse stalls that they called homes and had every one of their letters from their sponsor kept safe in the safest place in that little home. It meant the world to them, and it is releasing them from poverty in Jesus' name. <coughs> and my wife and I are able to do that. This is our, this is our sponsor child, Danielle. I got to meet her. And 
And I can't do anything about 33,000 children dying every day. But she's my one. She's our one. And she's not going to be one of those 33,000. Because we're going to take a little bit extra that we have and keep that from happening. And we're going to pray for her. And to hear my son as he goes to bed or before a meal, pray for Danielle and to know that she's praying for us. There's a connection there. There's a teaching point there. It makes such a difference and it's something that we can do. Now, I've talked with Kevin Myers of Compassion International and just said, hey, can you, can you send us a few packets? And, and maybe some of you today have an extra $38 a month. Maybe you can do McDonald's instead of Longhorn or, or pack your lunch or something like that and literally release one of those 33,000 children a day from poverty in Jesus' name um, through that. And if you're interested in that, we have some packets in the lobby. Kathy Beebe is going to be there at the welcome table. And <coughs> um, we have, I think, I think 10 packets. And if that's something that you could do, I, I would encourage you to make that kind of a difference. Some of you aren't in a position where you have the extra $38. I get that. I would still encourage you to get one of the names of the kids and write it down and commit to praying for that because we can still engage. Even if we can't sponsor a child, we can engage in the battle for their soul and their life through prayer. And I would encourage you to get a specific name of one of those 10 kids in those packets and begin to pray every day with your family. Some of you might want to get together with another family and cut it down to $19 a piece to sponsor one of those children. Now I have to say and, and just you know, confess something to you that, that initially uh, you know, things are very tight for us as a church and, and initially my, my plea was going to be, hey, if you have $38 a month above and beyond uh, what you give to the ministry here at Polaris, I would encourage you to sponsor a child. But if there was something wrong with one of my boys and I needed your help, I wouldn't give you that kind of disclaimer. And there's no difference in God's eyes. So what I can say is this. If God lays it on your heart to release a child from poverty in Jesus' name through compassion, do what you got to do. And I have no doubt that our God, with every resource under heaven, will also provide for Polaris. So think about that. Pray about that. Kathy will be out there. And um, as a church, I want to do something about the children we are close with. And we'll talk more about that next week. But I also want to do something about the children, God's children who are in need, who have no voice, who have no advocates that we will never see. And I hope that we can partner and, and, and release them from poverty in Jesus' name.